this moment, would you walk to somebody you've never met before and just tell them, welcome home, welcome to Impact, good to see you. Welcome home, welcome to Impact, so good to see you. So good to see you in the house of God. So good to see you in church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Miguel. celebrate the incredible worship ministry of this church. Amen. While we're doing that, can we also celebrate the incredible people that are serving us there everywhere? That's Neri up there. That's Katie here with the camera. That's Josh standing there. Josh is wearing the wrong shirt in here, but we can appreciate him too. Let's appreciate those that are serving up there. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people are just glad to be in church this morning? Somebody shout, what a God, what a church, what a people. Well, Impact, today we begin a very exciting message series, especially exciting for me, because I love to raise leaders. I believe that our world is in desperate need of healthy and effective leaders. Amen. Everyone wants to be successful. You should not desire success, you should desire to be healthy because healthy things always grow. But not every successful thing is healthy, but healthy things always grow. Somebody say amen. So we're in desperate need of healthy leaders, so today we're beginning a series titled Leadership Shape. Somebody shout Leadership Shape. Would you please turn to the person sitting next to you and just ask them, are you in shape? Amen. <clears throat> well, turn to the other neighbor on the other side. Don't let them scare you. Look, look them square in the face and say, are you in shape? <laughs> now look back to the other neighbor and tell them, just look at them and say, we're getting in shape this June. <laughs> We're getting in shape this June. Somebody say Amen. <laughs> Leadership is about carrying people. You can't carry people if you're not in shape yourself. Somebody say amen. I love to raise leaders. And let me take a moment here and just say a few things. By the way, it is said that only 4% of churches in America grow past 500 people in attendance on a weekly basis. It is also said that only 1% of churches in America grow beyond having a thousand people in attendance. Now, Impact Church, we are blessed because here at Impact, not only have we broken the 500 mark, but we average some eight to 900 people. And I believe, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. In three services. And I believe that we're just maybe six months down the road from uh, crossing that 1% mark and pretty much crossing a thousand in weekly attendance. Somebody celebrate the Lord. So what I'm trying to say to you is that God is doing something miraculous in this place. But we cannot sustain it without healthy and effective leaders. 
Somebody say amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's time for you to be a leader. It's time for you to be a leader in the house of God. Now, we're celebrating about numbers, but how many people know it's not about numbers? We're not here to build some empire of our own. How many people know every number represents a soul? That's why you better get excited right now. Last year we saw, nine, we saw 597 people, sorry, 497 people. There we go. Believe in God for 400. Believe in God for 500 and 900 and 1,000. But we saw 497 people who gave their lives to Jesus. Come on. This is where you lose your mind. Amen. This is 497 people that transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the light. This is 497 people who are not going to hell. They're going to heaven because of this church. Somebody shout hallelujah. But in order to sustain that, we need leaders. So today is a leadership class because we can't sustain growth without effective leadership, without healthy leaders. So I want everybody to get a pen, get a paper, Get an iPhone, amen, to write with, amen. Did I miss something? What did I, okay, get an Android too, amen. And take some copious notes. This is leadership training, amen. To all my Pentecostal friends out there, today we're not shouting, come on somebody. We're not falling out today, we're taking notes. Because after we've shouted and fallen out, we need some substance inside of us. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. We, we do it all here, but today is training. So this is a five-part message series, Leadership Shape. The word shape is really an acronym. So the S stands for strengths. That's what we're talking about today. Next week, we're talking about cultivating a heart for leadership. And then the following week, we're talking about attitude. Cultivating a winning attitude. And then we're talking about personalities. And then we're going to talk about experiences. Somebody say amen. God wants to use every experience you've had, whether good or bad, for you to do some great things in the world in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You can't afford to miss any Sunday in the month of June. Somebody shout amen. So today we're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to faithfully read this chapter this week. Amen. This is the chapter that talks about gifts. This is the chapter that talks about strengths, spiritual gifts. And so today's a training. Here's what I'm going to do in this presentation today. I'm going to give you nine principles about strengths and gifts from this scripture. And I'm going to give you these points with scripture references. And I want you to study when you go home. And then after that, I'm going to give you eight categories of gifts and strengths. You're going to find yourself in one of these eight. Amen? But at first, we're going to go with nine principles of spiritual gifts, nine principles of strengths. And then after that, we're going to talk about eight categories of gifts and strengths. Somebody shout amen. Here we go. We're just going to jump in there. Number one, God is the one who gives you strengths and gifts. God is the one who gives you strengths and gifts. That's found in 1 Corinthians 12.1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, it says regarding your questions about the special abilities, those are strengths, 
The special abilities the Spirit gives us. Who gives us the special abilities? The Spirit, the Spirit, capital S, that's God. God, the Spirit. It's God who gives you spiritual gifts. Somebody say amen. Which means the gifts that you have are perfect. Don't doubt them. Don't doubt them. Because it's God who gave them to you. Let's go to number two. It's possible to have strengths, but be ignorant of them. And if you're ignorant of your strengths, you're going to function under capacity. It's like having a Lamborghini that's only going to 20 miles per hour. That's a tragedy. Amen. The Bible says, yet again, in 1 Corinthians 12.1, it says, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. It's possible to have strengths and be ignorant. Please take the scripture references because you're going to study this week. Amen. Let's go to number three. God is the source of all gifts and strengths, but we all have different gifts and strengths. God is the source of all gifts and strengths, but we all have different gifts and strengths. In other words, please don't compare your gift with another person because God has given us all different gifts. If you don't understand this, you're gonna start comparing yourself with other people. When you do this, you're gonna become a jealousy person. And a jealousy person cannot lead. The greatest problem we have in this world is we have people that are trying to lead people, but they're jealous of the very people they're trying to lead. That's a problem. Somebody say amen. So we all have different gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Somebody say amen. Number four, it is God at work in us through our gifts. It is God at work in us through all our gifts. That is number four, which means there's power when you stay in your lane. The power is going to come through when you stay in your lane. Because it's really God at work in you. But God does not work through masks. So some of us are stepping out of what God gave us because we see other people doing something and it looks so appealing. You're walking out of the power that God has given you. The power is in you being you. Somebody shout hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 12, 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. That is good news. Which means if I just be myself, there's going to be power because it's God who's at work. It's easy. I don't have to strive. Somebody say amen. Where are we? Number five. Your gifts are there to serve others. Gifts are there to serve others. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Somebody say amen. Which means if you're not helping people and you're just trying to reach yourself, you're not doing it the way God told you to do it. God will multiply your gift the moment you start to serve other people. Somebody say amen. Where are we? Number six, right? You don't decide which gift you receive. You don't decide which gift you receive. You just embrace what God gives you. You embrace what God gives you. 
I want you to fall in love with what God gave you. Some of us love things that other people are doing. You just love what others do. It's time for you to fall in love with what God is doing in you. Amen. Uh, the, the, the people who don't like their voice, don't like their face, don't like this. Don't, come on, God made you perfect. If God thinks you're good, you better think you're good. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Somebody say amen. Let's go to number, well, let's read that scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Who decides? He alone. Somebody say amen. Let's go to, uh, this message is so powerful. There's an anointing even in the speaker. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm getting ready to go to number seven, and it's my favorite. So somebody help me. Maybe let's just switch that off, maybe. Amen. Thank you, Jalen. Oh, there we go. We're good. We're good. Thank you, Jalen. Thank you, Bobby. Can we appreciate this amazing man? Amen. Let's go to number seven. Number seven. We need each other because our gifts complement and complete each other. We need each other because our gifts complement and complete each other. Somebody say amen. And the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, 14, it says, our body has many parts, different functions. You have many parts in your body, different functions. And it's amazing because your nose can never kick the ball and your feet can never smell. So your nose, <laughs> your nose needs your feet to do what the feet do in order for your body to be complete. And your feet need your nose to do what the nose does in order for you to be complete. So the nose cannot compete with the feet because they complement each other, they complete each other, they are not in competition with one another. And this is where we've missed it as a people. It's because you don't have to be jealous of me and I don't have to be jealous of you. You have something I don't have, I have something you don't have. And we need each other. This is how we win at this thing called life, is that God created us to work in synergy with one another. So I don't need to have what you have, you don't need to have what I have. Let's just come together and Together we're going to win this thing called life. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is why the New England Patriots are the best football team in the universe. Come on somebody. You know why? Because Brady is the best distributor. He does his thing well. He's the quarterback. And then they have Edelman. He's the wide receiver. He runs fast. He's very fast. Sometimes I've heard people say Brady can't really run. Well Brady doesn't have to run because he has Edelman. It would be foolish to say Edelman can't distribute balls. He doesn't have to do this because they have Brady and they have Belichick, who's the strategist. All of them have different strengths and together they've won championship after championship after championship because they're coming together as a team to complete each other, not to compete with one another. Somebody shout amen. This is where we've missed it as a people. Amen. Oh, I, I just went a little Pentecostal. Turn it down. I promise to teach. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay behind this Baptist desk. <laughs> I love Impact because we have everybody here. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Amen. I get passionate when I talk about that stuff. Let's go to number eight. The gifts we consider less valuable are the ones God ends up using the most. 
1 Corinthians 12, 22. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Wow. Let's go to number nine. Let's go to number nine. Please project number nine on the screen because I changed it up a little bit. There we go. If someone fails, we've all lost as a people. If someone fails, we've all lost as a people. First Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is part of it. You see, we're one body. If the foot is hurt, your whole body feels it. If the pinky is hurt, your whole body feels it. If you're hurt, I will feel it. If I'm hurt, you're gonna feel it. And this is where we fail as a people because we think somebody else has to lose in order for me to win. But the truth is if they lose, then I lose as well because they have something you need. I, I have something you need. If I fail, you just lost as well. So we need one another. Somebody say amen. So now I wanna transition. We just talked about nine principles on spiritual gifts. And now I wanna transition to the eight categories of gifts that are in the word of God. I'm getting excited in this place. We're raising some leaders in this place in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. It says, here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. It says parts because the metaphor here is the body. There are different parts, different functions. Somebody say amen. It says, first, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Then those who have a gift of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have a gift of leadership. And those who speak in unknown languages. Now, when I read this, somebody's thinking, oh, oopsies, I'm not there. I'm not an apostle. Not a prophet, not a teacher. I don't do miracles. Well, you have to read the word of God with revelation. Right. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want to break this down for you today because, yes, some of you are apostles in this place and you don't even know it. Because we've limited these gifts to the church, to the kingdom of God. God gives you these spiritual gifts before you are even saved. Somebody shout hallelujah. So let's talk about this. Let's break this down. Who are apostles? Apostles are simply builders. Somebody write that, number one. Builders. Some of you are builders in this place. Some of you have grace to build companies. You have grace to build organizations. Some of you can't build a thing. That's not your gift, but don't worry. There's seven others coming. <laughs> but some of you are builders. Please take some copious notes. Builders are strategists. You think strategy all the time. Builders are visionaries. They're into systems. Builders build structures for growth. Builders are pioneers. Builders are groundbreakers. They love to go into new spaces and start something new. They break ground. They start businesses. They start companies. Builders are starters. They love to start things. Builders are multifaceted. They are jacks of all trade. 
They do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. I just sound Italian like my wife. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little, they just, and some of you are wondering, I, I do so many things in my life. I don't quite do something very well. I just know a little bit of so many things. And some of you are frustrated because of this. It's because you are a builder. God wants you to know a little bit of everything because builders delegate. They lead other people. They have the grace to delegate. You are a builder. Somebody shout amen. That is good news for somebody in this place. Builders are relational. They're good with people. Builders have excellent intuition. They have excellent instincts. I know this because I'm a builder. Bobby, I was nine years old. And I'd see my father do certain things in ministry and I'd tell him, if you do this and do this and do this, you're going to get in trouble, dad. If you do this and do this and this, that person is going to leave and this one is going to leave and this is going to happen. At nine years old, who told me? God gave me the gift. I've, I've just always had this thing. I'm a builder. And some of you are the same way. You are builders. Trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Somebody say amen. amen. Builders have the gift of wisdom. They're entrepreneurial. They know how to start things. They're business savvy. Builders have the gift of faith. Sometimes they have a little crazy in them. That's your pastor. I left a comfortable ministry, comfortable church, comfortable pay. Walked away from a salary with a wife and four kids to start this thing called Impact Church. Somebody said, you got to have a little craziness in you to do that. But that's what builders have. Some of you will never do that. And that's okay. There's seven other gifts. Now, how many people know that every gift has a weakness? Here are the weaknesses of builders. They're scatterbrained. They can be scatterbrained all over the place. Builders sometimes start too many things and they just need to, to learn to run with one thing. Some of you live with builders. They start things all the time. Start this, start that. So, hey, can we finish this first project? Can we finish this first? That's the weakness of builders. Sometimes they move quickly. They delegate too quickly. They're big picture people, so they, they lack in the area of administration. They're not into the details. They just see everything big. They are administrators' nightmare. <laughs> builders are impatient sometimes. Just because you're a builder does not mean it's time to do everything. Just because you're a builder doesn't, doesn't mean this is the time to do it. Sometimes builders have to study under the tutorage of other senior builders so that they can be harnessed and prepared. If you run off and build just because you're a builder, you will fail. And I know many builders who went off to start things and they failed and now they're questioning their gift. It's not the gift, it's the timing. Somebody shout amen. Let's read 1 Corinthians 3.10. 1 Corinthians 3.10. It says, according to the grace, according to what? Shouted impact. According to, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master. Builder. As a wise master. Builder. It's God who will give you grace to build. Some of you have grace to build in Jesus' name. Come on, I declare over every builder in this place in the name of Jesus that the grace of God will intensify and that you're going to build great businesses, great companies, and great ministries in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, can I hear the builders receive it in this place? Second are prophets. And somebody's thinking, I'm not a prophet. Prophets are weird. No, 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 no. 
Prophets are innovators. Some of you in this place are innovators. Why? Because you're a seer. You can see into the invisible. You can see things that other people don't see. You can hear the inaudible. You are an innovator. You may not be a builder, but you are an innovator. That's what prophets stand for. They're, they're innovators. They are innovators. They are trendsetters. They're designers. They're architects. They are dreamers. Some of them dream literally. They go to bed every night. They see dreams. Why? Because you're prophetic. You're an innovator. They know how to tap into the reservoirs of heaven and download ideas that have not been released into the earth yet. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, I declare witty ideas in this place in the name of Jesus. I declare that the next Steve's jobs of this world are going to come out of this place in the name of Jesus. I declare innovation in the name of Jesus. I declare innovations in Jesus' name. I declare that upon your children, they will innovate in the name of Jesus. Can I hear somebody shout hallelujah in this place? Innovators are creative. They have a gift of finding opportunities. They close gaps in, mark, in marketplaces. They know what needs to happen. They know when to invest. They know when not to invest. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you don't have this gift, don't innovate. You're going to lose your money. If you don't have this gift, build a relationship with someone who has this gift. Because our gifts complement each other and we're not in competition with one another. You've got to know your space. You've got to know your role. Somebody say amen. First Chronicles 12.32, it says, From the Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. They understood the times. Those are innovators. They understand the times. They know what should be done. Matter of fact, they're ahead of themselves. They, they know what should come out in 2017. They, they know what should come out in 2025, in 2030. I mean, they're they ahead of themselves. They, they know the times. They know what should happen. As a pastor, I talk to these people. I surround myself with innovators. I surround myself with prophetic people so we can preserve the house of God. Somebody say amen. If you're a builder, you need to surround yourself with innovators. Somebody say amen. Now, here are the weaknesses of innovators, because with every strength, there's a weakness. Innovators can be lost in their own world. You go to, you go to MIT, you find a bunch of kids like that. They just, well, just, but they're innovators. They're gifted, they're skilled. Innovators, most of the times, don't have a business plan. They're not business savvy. Just because God has given you an idea doesn't mean you can build a company. Find somebody who's a builder and partner with them. Innovators, most of the times, don't have a business acumen. They, they sort of live in their own world. They're disconnected from reality. They're relationally deficient. They don't have people's skills most of the times because they use most of their capacity and strength in innovation. Somebody say amen. Here's the thing with innovators. Because they're prophetic, sometimes they can be too drawn to the spiritual stuff. And sometimes they, they have a propensity to end up in some weird, spooky, new agey kind of stuff. A lot of stuff coming up today. Y'all better be careful. Somebody shout hallelujah in this place. You're going to invite some strange spirits into your home, into your marriage. These are innovators. Weaknesses of innovators. 
Sometimes the innovators can be too sensitive. You need to allow builders to tell you and give you the big picture. And sometimes innovators are just straight out kind of weird, just weird. But let me encourage you, if you're weird and if you're an innovator, it simply means you live in a space where you do things and understand things that most people don't understand. So sometimes weird simply means special. You are special. And don't let anybody look down on you. Why? Because you're an innovator. You're, God has ordained you to bring things that other people won't bring to the world. So you're going to see things that other people don't see. They're going to call you weird, but I call it special. Yeah, I just help somebody who thinks they're weird in that place. Be comfortable with yourself. You're unique. Come on, you're one of a kind. You're special. God has made you to be special. Don't look down on yourself. It says third are teachers. Somebody say teachers. Teachers are instructors. They're instructors, they're communicators, educators, elaborators. Teachers study other people's theories. These are a group of people that will probably never build a company. They'll probably never innovate, but God has given them grace to study other people's theories and philosophies and instruct them. Somebody say amen. Don't look down on yourself. These are people that are researchers. They're scientific. They love to study. They love to read. One degree is never enough. They've got to have two. They've got to have the next one. They're reading books. They're writing books. These are, these are educators. They're instructors. They love to read. Here's a scripture. Acts chapter 8, 30 to 31. Philip ran over and heard a man, the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? Some of you are going to be enriched not by coming up with new ideas, but just explaining what already exists to other people. Somebody say amen. Let's go to number four. He says, then those who do miracles... Then those who do miracles, these are revolutionaries. These are revolutionaries. These are people who are disruptive. They have disruptive minds. They are thrill seekers. They pursue the impossible. They have big faith. They're persistent. They're fighters. They introduce big things. They're like Noah. Noah built an ark. Everybody, the whole nation was laughing at him. But he had to, he, was, he believed in, in himself enough. It didn't matter who was laughing at him because he was a revolutionary. The whole nation was scared of Goliath. A little boy called David stood in front of this guy. That was crazy because David was a revolutionary. And some of you, God has given you this gift. You have the ability to believe things other people will never believe. Stay in that gift. Somebody say amen. Isaiah 8, 18 says, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Some of you, God has raised you to do some signs and wonders, to do things no one will ever do. God has caused you to believe like David, to believe like Noah. Believe in your dream. Somebody shout amen. The weakness of revolutionaries are that sometimes they can be stubborn. Sometimes they're too big for regular people. Tough to be around, tough to get along. They're not builders, they're not teachers. They get bored too quickly, they're intense. Let's go to number five. 
Those who have a gift of healing, those who have a gift of healing, these are caretakers. Wave at me if you're a nurse, a doctor, caretaker, come on. Any nurses in the building? Yeah, these are, these are caretakers. These are people who decide not based on logic, they decide based on compassion. They decide based on emotion. These are people who feel what other people don't feel. It's a gift. These are people who actually feel the heartbeat of God. They have the ability to feel what God feels. They're caretakers, they're healers. They're empathetic. They're into social justice. They're into soul care and therapy and mental health and they're into hospitality and all that stuff. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse 31 to 33, I'll just paraphrase, there was a man who was beaten up by some robbers. This is what we call the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan. It says the priest passed by and looked at the guy and just walked by. That's the pastor, by the way. And then it says the Levite came by, that's the worship leader, and looked at the guy and walked away. I gotta go write some songs. And then the Bible says there was a good Samaritan, there was a person who saw this guy and had compassion over him. Nursed his wounds, took him to the hotel and paid. Those are caretakers. Some of you, God has given you the grace to feel what other people feel. Somebody say amen. amen. Now here are the weaknesses of caretakers. Sometimes caretakers are too much into their emotions, they're not logical at all. Somebody say amen. You gotta protect yourself. Sometimes caretakers get so deep into their emotions, they bring that stuff home and they cause their family to bear the weight that they're bearing. So you have to learn to, you have to learn to, when you, when you come home, you have to learn to put it aside for a little bit and not carry that heaviness into your house. Because you have the gift to carry things that your family members cannot carry. Somebody say amen. Where are we? Here's another weakness that caretakers have. Because they are so deep into social justice, sometimes they can force their philosophies on other people. You gotta be careful. If you're really into social justice, let's do this, let's do that. Remember, God has given you the gift. So you have to lead and don't blame people for not running with your ideas. Somebody say amen. Number six, those who can help others. These are administrators. These are administrators. There's some of you, God has given you an administrative gift. Your gift is simply to help other people who have visions and dreams. That doesn't make you any less of a person. And here's the problem. Sometimes administrators work so closely with builders and then they start to think, because I'm close to a builder, I know how to build. So they leave a company prematurely and go start something and go bankrupt. Your gift may not be to do something of your own. For some of you, your gift is to help others. So you're organized. You're a facilitator, you're a program manager, a project manager, you're a coordinator, you're an event planner, you have those kinds of gifts. In the book of Acts chapter six, verse one to four, the early church was growing so fast and then some issues were coming up because they needed to organize the distribution of food. And the apostles said, we're gonna raise seven men who are filled, of, filled with the spirit of God and wisdom. 
We're going to give them this work to organize. Those are administrators. So that we can go to the ministry of the word and prayer. And so what happens is that when the church does not have administrators, pastors are stuck doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. How many churches have you seen where pastors are running around shutting off the lights and doing all these things and instead of praying and being effective, churches die because administrators are not in the house of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you're an administrator in this place, we need you in this house. We need you to manage the growth. There's more people that are coming. coming. We haven't seen anything yet. We need you to use your gift in the house of God. Somebody shout amen. Weaknesses for administrators. They're not big picture people. They're not visionaries, they're not builders, they're not teachers. Many times administrators resist big moves. They resist. They don't like change, they resist change. If you're an administrator, you have to remember that you're into the details, not the big picture. Allow the people who have the big picture to manage the big picture and you do your part so that you don't stop what God is doing. Somebody say amen. Number seven, those who have a gift of leadership. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who have the gift of leadership. These are influencers. Somebody say influencers. These are people who influence other people. The gift is simply to influence. Thank you, Ego. Ego, by the way, is an innovator. That's why he ran up here so quickly. Amen. Those who have a gift of leadership, these are influencers. These are motivators. They're mobilizers. They inspire. They're marketers. They're believable. They're cheerleaders. They get excited about a mission. These are leaders. The Bible says in the book of 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, David had taken men from his village to to a war to fight. When he came back, all their wives and kids had been killed. These men were so brokenhearted. The soul of the nation was broken. They were ready to stone David. I love the scripture. It said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'll tell you the key principle of leadership, good leadership, is that you have to know how to encourage yourself, how to motivate yourself, how to inspire yourself, because you cannot encourage if you can't encourage yourself. That's why one of the greatest problems a leader can do is to complain. You're working against the very thing God has called you to do, because leaders need problems to solve. I have a little bit of this in me, that's why I'm a leader. I have to motivate myself. I have to encourage myself. Thank God for Bobby. Thank God for Donald. But I don't need them to encourage me. I have to learn how to encourage myself. I have to worship for myself. I have to read God's word for myself. Because I have to stand here and encourage this whole church. And if I don't encourage myself, I cannot encourage you. So these are influencers. They encourage. They motivate. They lift up people's spirits. Somebody shout hallelujah. Here's my last one. Those who speak in unknown languages. Those who speak in unknown languages. These are translators. They decode complex situations. They provide solutions. These are people who understand the unique languages that each sphere has. Did you know that the world of business has its own language and verbiage? 
medical science world has its own language. The world of government has its own language. These are people who have the unique ability to understand these complex worlds and unify people. These are translators. Somebody say amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. So some of you in this place are builders. Amen. Builders. Innovators. Instructors. Revolutionaries. Caretakers. Administrators. Influencers. Or translators. Somebody shout amen. Impact, my time is up. Please stand. Thank you, Jesus. Impact, here's where we're going to end today. We laid a foundation and next week we're going to talk about the heart. You're here and you're a builder. The way you bless your gift is that you give God 10% and then God blesses everything. And I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about time. You give God 10% of your time and the gift that he has given you. If you're a builder, you help to build the kingdom of God. Talk to me, somebody. If you're an innovator, you help us with solutions in a church like this. If you're a teacher, you help us to instruct. If you're a revolutionary, we need you. If you're a caretaker, we need you in the house of God. And today, on the, on the first Sunday of this month, as we talk about gifts, if you're here standing in this church and you're not serving in the house of God yet, you're not giving God your 10% yet. I want you to redeem your gift today. I want you to put a blessing on your gift. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's getting quiet in here, but I'm going to say it again. It's God who gave you that gift. Did we see that in the word of God, that it's God who gave us the gift? So all he has asked for is just 10% to him. The 90 is yours. But he said, the 10%, give it to me. That's why people run off, they start companies, they do certain things, and, and there's just, there's just the, the, the food joy is not there. You know why? Because it begins by giving back to the one who is giving you that gift first. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is the principle. You shall love the Lord your God with all in you, with, you, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and strength. We were created for him. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. If you're not serving yet, I want you to find a connector today before you give. And I want you to write in that place in the back and say, I want to begin to serve. I want to begin to serve. I want to begin to honor God with my gift. I want to live for God. I can't just come into a church like this, receive, receive, and receive again, and receive. It's time for me to be a contributor in the house of God. You missed a good place to put your hands together in this place. It's time to be a contributor in the house of God. It's time to live for God. Some of you can give only one Sunday a month. You can help the youth be mentors to young people. Mentor someone who's 16. Mentor. Remember when you were 16, just bless somebody. Some of you can go to the kids' ministry and just encourage some of those babies. Some of you can welcome people and greet them. 
Some of you can help us set up. Some of you, we gotta serve the kingdom of God. This is the reason we were created. This is why God has given us gifts. It's to live for the Lord. It's to give Him a tithe and everything else gets blessed. This is the principle of first fruits. That's why we come to church on Sunday. God, I'll give you the first day of the week and you will bless the rest. God, I'll give you the 10% of my finances and you will bless the rest. God, I'll serve in the house of God and you will bless my businesses. You will enrich me. You will bless me in Jesus' name. Come on, let the righteous of the Lord celebrate in this place. This is the day of the Lord. This is a new day. God, we love you. We celebrate you. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.